Hello, everyone. It's Leslie Mathis back for another episode of Multifamily Streamlined. The last few episodes, I've promised to get back on track with timing and I've not met those expectations. So I will no longer overpromise and underdeliver and will just try to do my best. As I'm sure all of you can relate, things have been busy, distracting, and unusual. Even though for most of us, it has been over 90 days since the pandemic shut us down or changed our operating schedules, I'm not sure any of us are used to it. I still hear all the same complaints about toilet paper, hand sanitizer, homeschooling while working from home, just to name a few. Well, now I guess school is out for the summer and that is a whole new challenge, not to mention our sites are starting to open back up. So how will we adjust to these new schedules and what will we do to operate more efficiently? Today, as we prepare to reopen our sites, how do we ensure we don't have short-term memory loss and go back to operating the same way we were in March? How do we continue to offer virtual tours and continue with self-guided tours? How do we streamline our day-to-day operations to be the most efficient? Do we continue to offer virtual events on some level to our residents? While some are going to be ready to socialize with distance, some are going to want to refrain, but we have to service them all. Are teams ready to handle the awkward conversations of you are standing too close or you do not have to on your mask and that is our policy? Are teams prepared to tell someone that they have to wear a mask to enter the leasing office even though our communication says we request you wear a mask. Again, I don't have the answers, but you are going to need to work through this with your team's ownership and leadership groups. Honestly, we have put in all this work to make the technology advances in our industry. We need to keep the ball rolling. We, are, we were forced to adopt five years worth of technology in a six-week period when all of this began. In my, small, in my small portfolio, as we have went to appointment only, we still have seen about a third of our prospects wanting to do virtual, a third in person, and a third self-guided. I continue to push that we offer virtual tours first and then by appointment. Our self-guided tours have been more so for prospects that are not comfortable with the in-person tour. Often we do a video with them during their self-guided tour. At this point, we are not offering after-hours self-guided tours, but will continue to evolve. The prospect has gotten comfortable with doing things virtually, and we shouldn't just revert to our old crutches of needing them to be in person. As we do offer in-person tours by appointment, we need to ensure we are keeping things as natural as possible. We are salespeople. We're people people that now have to social distance and wear protective gear. I encourage you to find ways to not lose yourself in the personal protective realm we have all been thrown into. If we are not comfortable, or how will the prospect be comfortable too? Maybe even we go a step further and film ourselves giving a tour and then watch it and see how we can improve. This is the best thing I've done as a speaker. No, it wasn't fun, but it really has allowed me to improve. There were things that I was doing while presenting or training that I had no idea. But once I filmed myself and watched it back, 
one, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be the whole watching the replay, but there were things that I was doing that I had no idea. And if I wouldn't have filmed myself, I wouldn't know. We can also do this for our virtual tours. Role play with a teammate, record it and watch it. You will pick up on little things. Again, you had no idea you were doing. And the only thing it is, is it's a way to improve yourself. If you don't know what to fix, then how can you fix it? So let's pivot slightly and take a second to discuss phone skills. I truly think that this is a lost skill that our industry has really been neglecting. If we once thought our first impression was the moment somebody drove onto our site or walked through the front door, we might want to rethink that. Perhaps over the last few years, things have shifted and our website was our first impression and how quickly somebody got a response via email request for information. We really upped our game on the digital front and that's great, but perhaps there is the forgotten skill, like I mentioned, the phone. I often see shops come back where our team members do amazing in person, but typically the phone portion does not align with the same type of scoring or feedback. Today, our phones seem to be ringing off the hook, and perhaps that is pandemic related. Maybe everyone is email and Zoom fatigued, but that leaves us with needing to sharpen our phone skill tactics. Somehow, we need to instill in our teams that this is still part of the first impression of the property. While it is most likely not the first, it is probably the second or third contact that they will have with us. And that is going in that tally of how we are comparing to our comps. Unfortunately, right now, a lot of us are taking part in the pricing and concession wars, and perhaps rightly so. But what if we take a step back and evaluate how first our first impression is adding up for the prospect? What can we do to improve? Maybe we can't eliminate that low pricing or that concession, but what if it resulted in additional leases for the week? Most of us have the capability to listen to all phone calls, and we need to do that. The team members should be listening to their own calls and making notes of what they can do better to start creating the experience of the property during the phone call and not relying on the opportunity to do so when they arrive on site or start a virtual tour. We need to ensure we are not just checking the shop box on the phone call, asking for contact information, direction, size, move-in date, appointment time, you get the picture, but rather start building the rapport with the prospect and providing them with confidence that this is not just another sale or lease to you, but that you truly care about their new home, which is a big ticket sale that you can make their life easier during this process and that their new home is everything that they are looking for. It is actually more because they will have you. You need to convince them that you are what sets the property apart from all the rest of the competitors. It's you. It's not the price. It's not the building. It's you. They need to have confidence in you before they even walk through the front door. 
Remember, all things equal, people buy from the person they like the most. And all things unequal, people still buy from the person they like the most. Lastly, remember, you are the one that can make them more comfortable during a virtual tour or self-guided tour. You are the one that can provide the confidence that they need to do something right now that's really new to them, that they might still be nervous about. Well, not in person. You are still the one that will be there every step of the way. Listen, I don't think any of us know if this is all here to stay. And we can't just go back to our old ways because it is easy. I can only continue to encourage you to embrace change and move forward with it. Truly, it can be a great thing. When it comes to technology, this has been a good thing to push us out of our comfort zones. One last thing I would like to leave you with. Show yourself some grace for all that has transpired in the last 90 days. And perhaps I'm just saying this to myself. Some of us have weathered this storm poised and graceful, and some of us have really been to battle. But at the end of the day, we are coming out the other side, mostly challenged for changed forever, but we are making it. Some of us have completed things we never had time to do, both personally and professionally. And some of us are barely have our heads above water. Either way, we are making it, and that is something to celebrate. We cannot look back on this time and dwell on the things we should have done. What we can do is reflect for a moment, celebrate the wins, take note of the things we could have done better, and learn from those. On a personal note, pre-COVID, every day from 7.30 to 9.30 was my personal time to work on projects that needed my full attention. I would work on creative items such as class materials, speaking engagements, my podcast, and that all seemed to be taken away from me during the pandemic. I have really struggled with that devoted time for some of my personal work in the midst of my family being home 24-7. I was never able to manage to get up early um, in the morning. And I learned last year I do my best work first thing in the morning especially the creative stuff. It's funny. I had no idea. I always thought I was a night person, but a lady on a plane challenged me to give it a try for 30 days and see what happens. She actually went as far to say that everyone does their best work first thing in the morning. And now I think she might be right. No, that doesn't mean 4am, but I think her point was before all the stresses of the day set in, all the calls, all the Zoom meetings, you name it, before all of that, before our mind is distracted by the additional things, we work best first thing in the morning because we're clearest and most focused and can provide it with our undivided attention. So with all that said, what I've decided to do is show myself some grace over the, pro- over the projects I was not able to complete and hope you all will do the same for me. Today, I am making steps to get back on track with some of the goals, namely this podcast, and hope you all will join me as a new episode is released, even if it's not timely. So see you back soon 
no time frame. And until then, I hope you all are safe and well. Also, don't forget to extend yourself some grace. You deserve it. And maybe look to see if there's somebody else around that needs it as well. Talk soon.